0: Next Chapter Podcasts The 500 The
1: 500
2: J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing too new. Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend The king of these for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end With my man J.N. On the 500 Talking the 500 until the end
3: Is trying. Oh, how
4: could this not be on Get the uh, the, the one we're breaking down? I put it on there anyway. The I why did bar. I put it on there? Because it's my favorite song off of like the double album. The song Black is heaven. heaven. It's by Talking Heads up their nineteen eighty four album. Stop Making but Sense. It's heaven. also number three forty five out of five hundred. What's up, everybody? It's the five hundred with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, Scoodle Dan Mans? Y'all is having a y'all's having a scoodle as Avery would call it still one of the funniest things ever was there was a girl at one of the jams and me and her used to flirt and we hugged a little too long and Avery called me and he was like oh cause I think you and blank blank are gonna have a scoodle a scoodle do Um, alright talking heads man this is a fun one this was a really fun episode oh what's going on with me I should talk about that I will be well you can catch me at the Comedy Cellar almost every single night of the week Uh, November 15th we're doing the goddamn Comedy Jam again at the Village Underground uh, in the Comedy Cellar and you can stream it at mintcomedy.com you can come see the show by going to the Comedy Cellar's website but if I was you and you can't get there stream that shit mintcomedy.com Also, we're going to be doing a jam uh, in Los Angeles, I think either November 21st or the 22nd. I'm putting the lineup together now and trying to pick the date with some big, big names because we're doing a full month of birthday shows. Birthday jams, y'all. I want to see everybody there. And we're not streaming the LA one, but come because I need you there. It's going to be fucking massive. I'm going to Cancun for just for Laughs escapes November 3rd through the 6th and I'll be at Skankfest uh, November 7th doing the jam. I will be in Edmonton, I will be in Texas, I will be in Vancouver in December. I I have I can't believe my drummer Nick by the way. They asked for passports and uh, everybody sent my passport. There's passport to me so I could give it to the JFL people and Nick's expired in fucking March of 2020 and the dude didn't renew it and he was like nah he's like i thought they were gonna call me to tell me to renew it i'm like really dude i was talking to sickler on the phone about that and we laughed so hard doing the impersonation of the guy calling hey what's going on this is ricky valdez from the national passport association just giving you that heads up call you're at your 28 day warning your passport's about to expire 20. It's fucking dumb, dude. All right, so we I got this idea about the Patreon, and I'm going to take it from the, the guests today, the Stand By Your Band guys. So I did their podcast, listen to it. By the way, my guests today for this record are Tom Takar and Tommy McNamara from Stand By Your Band. It's an incredible podcast. I did it where guests defend a band that they love. I did the band live. Tom is an incredible comic. They're both incredible comics. Uh, Tom's about to tape his one-hour special for Epics. Uh, you've seen him on Comedy Central. Conan just did the Tonight Show, and Tommy is is great. He's a writer uh, on uh, the Onion. They're, these guys are great, and their podcast is phenomenal. And so I, for the Patreon, they do this where because we've got all these records, you know what's coming up. You know exactly what is coming up. If you subscribe to the Patreon, I will read your reviews on the air with the guests. We're just gonna put a list of all the records that are coming up, and you can put your handle. We're gonna give you your, we're gonna say your handle. We're gonna say uh, your full name, not your full name, unless you wanna. You can give us your address, your social security number. No, but if, like for this record, for Stop Making Sense by Talking Heads. Like We will read what you think about this record. We'll also read questions that you have for the guest. And as soon as we have the guest, we'll put them up there so you can ask. We can, And we'll do it, man. I want this to be fully interactive. I'm not doing another podcast about music. I want your thoughts. You guys listen to this. I want your thoughts. I want to read your thoughts on the air. I want you to be a part of this podcast. They do it on Stand By Your Band. I think it's genius. I think it's a way to really bring in a community. Am I stealing? Probably. But, man, we need to get this Patreon up because uh, Dark Lord Spotify fucked us, and I want you to feel like you're getting your money's worth even though we're giving you a free show. So sign up now for the $5 more a month Patreon subscribers. I will read your thoughts about the record. I will read your favorite track. I will read the songs that you hated. We'll read all of that to the guest, and we will incorporate it into the show. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. We should have it up and running within the next... I'd say give us like two or three weeks, because Jeremiah, you know, he's in Hawaii. Who who has any fucking idea what he's doing? I, I I'd never talk to him. It's literally me and Adam, dude. And Pete. I gotta give it up for Pete. Pete's there. So, yo... Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. If you spend $5 or more a month, I will read your thoughts on the record to the guest. You are now a part of the show. I'll say your name to them and then we'll talk about it. A big thing. Make it happen. This is a great live record. We have great guests for it. Uh, When I was doing their podcast, they said to me that they watch this all the time. So I was like, dude, crossover app. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500 and listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your pizzles. And if you listen on Apple Doodle, leave a scoodle. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. I'm almost at 20,000 followers. I don't know why that means anything, but I want it. Email the podcast at 500 at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Bipolar Evan at 500 podcasts with Jam. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. And for all things Josh Adam Myers, go to my website, joshadamyers.com and do stuff. Here we go with number 345 out of 500 with Stop Making Sense by Talking Heads. So, Adam, this is, I think, our first crossover episode ever in the history of this show in almost the three years we've been doing this. And I did y'all's podcast, Stand By Your Band, this week. It was honest to God, me defending the band live. Dude, this is what's so crazy about how this episode and then the fucking, the other Talking Heads episode we did, where we had Jerry Harrison close personal friend of mine we are best friends i'm his i'm his kid's godfather now uh but we when we were sitting down to to talk about live the tommy's because there's two toms here there's tom and there's tommy tommy said you could watch stop making sense every single day of your life i think that was verbatim what you said <laughs>
2: Uh Yeah, I, I definitely said that it's my favorite movie uh, and I think I've watched it, I think in the last two years, probably yeah, over 50 times I've probably watched it. I'm like fully obsessed with Stop Making Sense. I think it's the perfect concert film. And I think it is just like the most pure expression of music on film that exists.
4: So so the, before we even get into that, like how did you guys meet and like are you guys like old school friends because you have such great chemistry on the show? It's Tom. You just kind of shitting on on Tommy's point of view, and and Tommy, you just basically being like being like you know this the the, the, what is it,
3: the king of snark. Yeah, he's the prince of snarkness. The, oh, the prince. I'm sorry, our nicknames got don't really make any. Yeah, he's got a he's got a father that is the king of. Snarkness. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, we go way back. Uh, we both lived in Chicago. So Tommy's like from Chicago. I lived there for a couple of years doing stand up. And we became fast friends. We moved to New York together, drove in the same car. He had a giant uh, bag on his lap, and uh, yeah, no. And we lived together for four years, and started the podcast while we lived together. So, uh, yeah, and it's 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 fun. It was it was great having you on, and yeah, we. It it is mostly just me. Kind of accusing Tommy of being a pedophile and stuff. Nice. Uh, Well, he has to look. I I mean, we probably have more listeners. uh, I didn't do a lot of the things I do, but you got to do something. You got to fill an hour somehow. Dude, I get shit on so much by the fans of my own podcast. They're like,
4: you don't know anything about this record. You're just pulling this off of Wikipedia. And I'm like, yes, Mm -hmm. 100%. Wikipedia is a cornucopia of fucking facts. I'm sorry
3: that I don't know everything about modern lovers. Um, Dude, it's so frustrating having a podcast that's like about – especially about bands like we do and and like how you do where people who are really diehard fans are pissed off at you. And I keep – I've said it from the beginning. It's like this is a fucking comedy podcast. It's not a – it's like music is a part of it, but it's a comedy podcast first. So it's like – Oh, my God chill like just laugh along and or don't listen i don't really give a shit
4: you are speaking what i think i think on my my pin message on twitter is me saying i'm not a music critic i'm a comedian (laughs) please dear god (laughs) lay off of me i just want to listen to some records and talk to some what's uh from both you guys what's the worst comment you've gotten or from flack or what album or artist did you get the most pushback from making fun of
2: well, the first one that comes to mind uh, is we did an episode about Art Garfunkel's uh, solo work, <laughs> and this woman <laughs> lost her mind. <laughs> she was so upset that we would make fun of Art Garfunkel. <laughs> and uh, she said like all these tweets about how she like you know felt really upset. And then there was another one we did. We did They Might Be Giants. And Tom had posted on the Facebook like, hey, does anyone like, hate They Might Be Giants for the show? Because that's what we used to say in the Facebook post. And then someone in the comments there was like, how dare you say that you hate my favorite band? Like, why would you put this on the internet? This has ruined my day. And it's like, he just asked a question of like, if anyone hates it before just yeah, very sensitive when it comes very, to. Well, like, you it. know,
4: what's funny. We had, we had a writer uh, who was still, this is it's, this it's insane. Right we had a writer who I, who worked on the show from the beginning. He was a fan. Uh, his name's Morty. Everybody knows Morty on the show. He was on the show for a little bit. And he, he said it as he was leaving because he started getting busy with his band. And, you know, after working on the show for like two and a half years, he was like, you have to be very delicate when you're talking about music. More than anything, more than movies, more than politics, more than anything. Because when you make fun of a band or a song, you have to keep in mind, people associate these memories from their life with music where they're like oh so you're making fun of that song that we played at my dad's funeral really that's what you're right. playing and you're like well you're like i i mean i didn't know you're like why did you
3: play all star by Smash Mouth yeah, at yeah, your dad's yeah. funeral yeah. <laughs> that was a weird yeah. choice
4: I was, gonna, I was like i don't know why you played electric field by mgmt that was <laughs> that was the that was one of the first uh podcasts we did that i got the most amount of shit where i found a reddit profile page whatever the f- reddit first of all and i think we all can agree is a fucking cesspool of just yes people,
3: of just yeah that's the worst comments we've ever gotten i stopped posting the episodes on reddit because we would just get i because i was it was dumb of me but i thought people would like to hear comedians talking about their like whatever band they like and for the most part we would be nice because our our podcast is that it's like we're allowing a platform for people to not be assholes about this music. And then sometimes it's funny to make fun of them on top of it. A hundred percent. People on Reddit would tear me apart and it was brutal. And so I was like, I'm just going to stop doing it. It's not worth it. Uh, Reddit is, I, I I go on the bonfire
4: a lot and I stopped reading the Reddit comments because there are people that just hate me. And they're like, he's never said anything funny. It's like, he's, he's <laughs> a fucking this, he's a that. And I'm just like, good God. All I'm trying to do is entertain you for yep. free. For free. I know, I know. So wait, so how did the podcast start then? Like, so you guys were friends. Were you guys just arguing over shit one day? Because I love it so much. I, I mean this, guys. I had, and it's probably because for the first time I was on a music podcast and I didn't have to be in the lead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When I'm in the yep. lead, I'm constantly, all right, I got to look
3: up this fact. I got to do this. I know. That's what And you saw me doing. it. I was shuffling to find fucking facts. And I end up reading YouTube comments. That, <laughs> and that's why I got to fill time <laughs> calling Tommy names. <laughs> <laughs> But so, so how did it start? Was it just you guys love music or like what, it, what happened? The main, the main thing that started, so Tommy and I drove to New York together and it, from, it, from Chicago, we had like a 13-hour drive and we were just listening. To By the end of that drive, you're so loopy. And we were just like, listen, I was, I was putting on like bare naked ladies and shit that <laughs> pe- pe- people make fun of. So I always associated, I was like, we'll have fun talking about this stuff. But I was really pissed off when, because I like Coldplay. And that's a punchline nice. band. People Boy. hate Coldplay. It's uh, from uh, f- what is it? A forty-year-old virgin or whatever. When they're like, you know how that's I know you're gay? It's like yeah. you're like Coldplay or whatever. And ever since then, I feel like they were such a huge punchline. And when they when Coldplay did the Super Bowl, all these people were like, "This is gonna be the worst fucking thing that's ever happened. I'm gonna kill myself. I'm so mad." Or and I was just like, "It's not gonna be that bad. I I get it." Like chris martin is lame he is very corny but he's not like a horrible musician it's gonna be fine not at all also yeah. the super bowl halftime show usually kind of sucks anyway like it's not that great i mean i liked the last <laughs> couple but a lot but uh but no it's not like the best music you've ever heard so it's like they were like it's gonna ruin beyonce to be on to have to be on stage with chris martin it sucked and so i was like I think it would be more fun to hear the other side of this. And uh, and then, yeah, me and Tommy started having people come on and talk about the shit that they – because I wanted to talk about Coldplay. And so I was like, this would be a fun platform for other people to do this with the bands that they like. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it is really fun. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, I, well, I think when you when you pick the right bands, you know what I mean? Because like you said, there are some of those bands that are are just like – like I could do another episode where I just defend Stone Temple Pilots. Do you know what I mean? And I have mm-hmm. like straight facts of why they're dope and why they're yeah. Scott Weiland rules. But then there's other people that are going to be like, this is the worst band that came out of the the grunge scene. And 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 I think to give that platform for bands like even not Coldplay is a big one because Coldplay is like. Is was, I mean, arguably at one point, I remember when, remember when Justin Timberlake brought them up at the MTV Music Awards and mm-hmm. he was like, Ladies and gentlemen, the best band in the world, the best yeah. band in yeah. the world. Uh huh. And I didn't see their halftime show, but I don't remember it at least. But did anybody ever see the fucking Who? The Who was terrible.
3: The <laughs> Who halftime show was butt cheek. So I don't even, re- I don't remember that, but I, but yeah, they're mostly not good. Like, no, yeah. Beyonce's was great. Uh who else was good? You know whose
4: was
2: good? U2 after 911. Uh the Prince one is the best uh, of all time in my opinion. But
4: Oh uh, yeah, Adam just said yeah. that too. Adam yeah. just said Prince too.
2: I'll
3: also throw The U2 one was cool. Yeah. He pulls after the 9/11. thing out with the yeah, flag.
4: Dude, I, I watch it sometimes. I remember Because mm-hmm. it was like right after 9-11. Everybody loved America at the time, right. we Afghanistan. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It was like we were all behind, <laughs> we were all behind a Bush. Like we loved yep. George W. Bush so much. Like we dude, like Donald Rumsfeld would get all of his dinners comped. You know, it was I mean, like
3: Giuliani on fucking SNL. It's crazy. And then now and, look at him. It's and crazy. he's a
4: fucking Troll now. He's a bridge troll know, now. It's I crazy. Um, I I mean this to to all my fleece army out there. If you guys want another great music podcast, listen to Stand by Your Band. The they're both so funny and and it's just it's great. So listen to theirs. You, listen George. to mine. Their listeners listen to mine. Let's have a fucking fuck fest of music podcast, joking and music yeah. and, and, and thinking.
2: Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket?
4: What's up, everyone? This is Jay Reason, and I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen Podcast is now part of the Sound Talent Media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artist from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriol, Jimmy G from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions, lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun. All right, let's get let's get to brass tacks because I could just talk to you guys about bullshit forever. Uh, talking heads. So 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 take me back to the your first memories with this band. Go all the way back to the first time before this record. Everything. The first time you even heard this band.
2: Um, so I mean, I definitely heard them a lot when I was younger, but I never really like got too deep into them until it, it was much later in life where like I knew all the, the songs, you know, I knew psycho killer and I knew, uh, yeah. you know, burning down the house and everything. And then in college, I had a friend of mine who was really obsessed with, uh, this must be the place. And he like, well he like wrote like a 15 page paper about it. He was like, I think this is the greatest song ever recorded. And he really talked to me so much about it to the point where I started listening to it way more and getting way into it. And he's the first one who showed me stop making sense. Uh, the movie, which I watched for the first time. And I was just like a drunk, dumb college kid. Where I was like, ah, he's wearing a big suit. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Never think about it again. And then cut to, <laughs> cut to this year, or uh, last year, actually. I was, uh, I was upstate uh, with my girlfriend, just in like that small house, You know, nothing to do. And uh, we were like, uh, we should take some acid. So we did that. And then uh, I was like, you know what we should watch? We should watch Stop Making Sense. I haven't seen it since college, but I remember thinking it was cool and maybe it'd be like a cool acid thing to do. Yeah. And it just like, I had this experience of like, watching it and it just like in real time being like oh this is my favorite thing in any medium now like i just connected to it so much i really think it is the perfect concert film it just feels like you're there anyway i think jonathan demi uh directed it and it's just like an amazing piece of art and then it just became the thing that i would just watch whenever i didn't know what to watch i was like well i'll just watch stop making sense again and i just watched it like basically at least once a week every week since that day i did it watching acid uh, really yeah
4: really and what was the experience like on acid was it because i mean i just watched it literally an hour ago i haven't finished i think i got like two songs left i had to stop to go buy spinach and broccoli so i could have lunch um but i uh you're you're one you're right uh, everything that you said i don't think you're ever going to see a concert film like this on so many levels the way that it's the i mean the way that it's shot there's cameras on stage you know you never see the audience yeah it that's literally a big thing yeah you literally it literally feels like uh, just a play you know what i mean like there's you can hear the audience uh i loved how at the beginning of it it's just him how he comes out, mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Just him in the uh, boombox
2: and an acoustic guitar. Him yeah.
4: in the boombox and the acoustic guitar. It, and then right away, I was like, "Oh, oh okay, this is the most David Byrne thing." Yeah. If he was going to do a concert film to do something like this, you know what I mean? That's so different than you see the mm-hmm. audience. It feels like you're at the concert. You don't feel like you're at a concert there. You literally feel like they're in a studio and the way mm-hmm. they bring everybody out one at a time, which I think Alice in Chains ripped off when they did the unplugged. I don't know if you ever remember oh, that. Did they
2: did the same thing.
4: Kind of like it came, it started out first. Jerry Cantrell came out and it's, he starts playing the riff uh, of not sludge factory. What did they open with Adam? Nutshell. Nutsh Thank you. They opened with nutshell and it's click? like, yeah. Oh dude. Yeah. Dude, look at him, man. He's in the back of a comic book store right now. I think there's an iguana in his right shoulder. I don't know what the Jerry fuck is up.
0: to be fair. And let's Alice in Chains. Unplugged is probably the best of the unplugs. I I, oh, wow. I don't I don't disagree. No, I don't. I think let's, let's so you good. You just haven't dis- heard
2: the dashboard confessional one, or is that?
4: <laughs> dude, <laughs> I, I you know what, I'm not gonna lie about dashboard board confessional. Like I don't like them, but I do like that one part in the song "Hands Down" where he breaks it down. It's like hands
1: down, this is the best day I am ever- I,
4: I was driving. I think I was going through a breakup, it- and I started crying listening to that. I was like, God damn, dude, you got me. You got me, emo. I don't know how you did it, but you fucking got
2: me. They vindicated slaps too. Yeah. <laughs>
4: nah, dude. You
2: know what's better than Vindicated?
4: You know what's better than Vindicated? Hero. Hero by oh, yeah. Spider Man. Yeah. If
3: we're doing Spider Man sound, that song fucking rules, honestly. It rules. Hero. It's so good. I mean, that used to, I when I was in high school and they would put that on at the gym that I would play basketball at, I would always pop off. So, I, you know. It's 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 it fires you up. That's like like, this is like we're dabbling into our podcast because it's like Chad Kroger. He's fucking cool, man. (laughs) I, I, I said that. I said that when I did your podcast.
4: I but also. Uh, Hero was big when I went to my first year at Towson University. And that was when people for the first time in my life, I had friends that had a cable modem. So I could download songs off Napster in like five minutes or or whatever it was Limewire at the time. And I remember on all of my friends in the in the four different quads that I would hang out at, I would go and do you mind if I go into your, your room real quick, and just download a song and I download Hero. And so I dude, I fucking <laughs> Love that song. And vindicate is okay.
3: Wasn't that a fucking game changer? When it, I remember the song when that stuff first came out, when I first started the internet, I would watch a song download for thirteen hours. I was like, oh, I want to h- hear this Eminem song. Thirteen hour cue and I was like, that's totally fine. I still couldn't believe it. I was like, this is a miracle. And then it felt like I had a buddy who would make uh, he had way faster internet, so i would just make a playlist for him and give him a blank cd and he was like i was like you really do this for me and he was like i'm not he was like i'm not kidding it takes one minute like it's nothing
4: i know i know yeah. i my mom used to you know always want to call her uh my her aunt marcy and i'd be like you can i was like "I'm <laughs> yeah. i'm downloading music she's like well how yeah. much longer and i'd be like eight and a half hours
3: (laughs) just chill she's not going anywhere she she like loses her relationship with her (laughs) there there was a call me anymore
4: (laughs) there was a friend that my mom had named renee who was she worked with at a at an elementary school my mom was like a principal secretary at an elementary school a few different ones and one of them that she was very she was good friends with that was much older than her Would call all the time when I was on the phone with other girls that I was like hitting on having those like four hour conversations where you're just laying Mm -hmm. on the bed, you know, because we couldn't hang out because we didn't have cars yet. And I kept telling her she was busy because she would beep in. I go, yeah, sorry, Renee, she's busy. And then Renee thought my mom just didn't want to talk to her. (laughs) And did the friendship. (laughs) ended Oh the friendship. shit! And it's my Damn. fault. Yeah. And now Renee's You're dead. I do not sleep at night, man. Uh, very well. Uh, very well. Next to an eighty-pound Doberman on a on a quasi uh mattress. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry, Renee. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what about you, Tom? What about what
3: about Talking Heads with you? Like, how did how so- did that start? I, they were a band for a long time that they would come on. I'd be like, Oh, I know this song. I didn't really associate them with talking heads. I was just like, Oh yeah, I like that song. And then, uh, burning down the house. I thought it was cool. And I like, we have a, another buddy, my buddy, Connor was really into him. And so I was just on a long drive. I was like, I'm going to just put on talking heads and, uh, see what happens, see what I like or whatever. And then, uh, this must be the place is truly my, I think it's my favorite song. Uh, I think it's, it's so good and it's like it's just such a weird love song i think it's uh, i'm sure it'll come up it's like the only love song that david Byrne ever wrote and uh it's incredible and weird and it's not on the nose the lyrics are so fucking weird and i i get pissed off when like i i sang it at karaoke and uh this friend of ours was like the lines sing into my mouth and uh, this girl goes, ugh. And I was like, you piece <laughs> of shit. That is such a good fucking line. Uh, it's so good. Love me uh, till I'm dead. It's like, there's all these little lines that are so cutting in it. I just think he's a brilliant uh, brilliant writer. But um, yeah, and then Tommy was watching uh stop making sense all the time we were trying to do an intervention for him because of his <laughs> alcohol problem but instead he really? got us drunk and was like let's watch stop making sense and uh, um, and i was like it was so distracting that we let him keep drinking forever so um, <laughs> we'll get so to sick. the intervention later it's all good i <laughs> it really, really it like it having... like it was like a late night like end of the night like all hammered and tommy would put that on and it, like watching Uh, david byrne dance with a lamp and just the weird shit that he's doing on stage and it making it look cool it's like the most unique thing i've ever seen somebody just fully being a fucking weirdo on stage and everybody's into it and i think like the fact that he has those girls on stage with him too and they're dancing with him it looks so cool uh yeah i i fell in love with it too and so now i when i'm drunk pop it on too it's a perfect like I'm just gonna watch this guy be incredible, and I kind of I I got a little bit more into it because uh, this is a this is a dumb story, but I so I have a show at the Sultan Room in um in Bushwick mm-hmm. that I run with uh, Shane Torres and Caitlin Cook and uh, and Phoebe Bobbs, and um we were at that I was at that venue one night just having dinner, and uh, there was this weird concert happening in the back. Where it was like all these bands, this label like was filming videos for all these bands and uh, th- it was kind of a light crowd. And so the owner was like, hey, will you guys come watch the music like you can get him for free or whatever? And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, we go back there. There's nobody back there. But there's this band in uh, in all white jumpsuits. And also in the crowd is fucking David Byrne, who's oh, wow. wearing an all white jumpsuit. And he goes up to the band because he doesn't know them. He's just hanging out in Brooklyn. And he's like, the, I only know this because the owner pointed out, he's like, David Byrne is over there. And I was like, oh, shit. And so he told me later that David Byrne went up to this band that's in all white jumpsuits, who's like nobody. Uh, they're like a newer band or whatever. And uh, and nobody's there to see them. And David Byrne comes up to them. And he's like, look, we're all dressed the same. We should get a picture. And they go, yeah, maybe later, man. Like they didn't know who he was. <laughs> he was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> and like he just like laughed and left. And the later they were like later somebody told him, like, you know that was fucking David Byrne, right? Oh my, like, oh, no. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. That made me I don't know why that made me like him so much. Just that he was like just like laugh that off. Like he could have been like, fuck you. I'm David Byrd. But instead, he was just like, okay, you're going to fucking regret this. <laughs> He's like, good luck with your yeah. album release. <laughs> yeah. okay. No one will hear.
4: I would have. <laughs> That is so funny, man. That is so. You know, I I got a similar story to this. I just it's nothing to do with music, but I go to this. I used to go to this dog park in Hollywood all the time. And one day, I I was up there and I was just I you know this is this is before I went through my existential breakthrough. So I'm I used to have a chip on my shoulder just about the industry and whatever. And I go to the dog park and I'm pissed off and there's no other people there except for one guy and he's a good looking dude and he's got a German Shepherd and I'm just like, oh, I don't want to fucking deal with his German Shepherd he's a good looking <laughs> guy he's probably a hollywood douchebag and he walks up and his my his dog and my dogs are playing can like, our dogs play and i'm just like yeah whatever man and i just kind of keep walking away and i go and sit down and i guess i you know i don't i can only assume he's probably like all right why is this guy so fucking aggro yeah. and then like Five minutes later, the guy is walking around the park close to me, and I see, and it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my god! And I, tr- I was like, oh, shit. I was like, so what's your dog's name? And like, tried to like chum up, and he was just like, he's like Frank. He's like, come here, Frank, and then just like takes his dog and walks in oh, the shit. park. And I'm like, that could have been it. <laughs> that could have been, been it. That would have been, hard. That been it. Dude. Dog, that would have been it. Cuz dog night. park friendships for some reason, like I've become Pete friends with people at the dog park that are famous, especially in Los Angeles, because the dogs get along and that's your thing. So what I'm saying is that band and David Byrne, if he he could have been like, hey man, I got the white jumpsuit, you got the white jumpsuit, let's get a picture. They could have been like, fuck yeah. And they go, Hey, what's your name? And then he's like, David Byrne. And they're like, <laughs> Talking heads? David Byrne? Yeah. It's like, oh my God, what'd you? And he's like, Well, I dug your music. And next thing you know, yeah. they're fucking playing a concert video that he's shooting American Utopia part two or whatever the yeah, fuck it is. Yeah. And they fucking boned it up. They, they boned, boned it.
3: They boned it up. All right, so here's
4: my here's my story with Talking Heads. It's it's basically the same as all of y'all's, which is their music made their way into my life via radio, via alt rock stations, um, and it's all the hits. It's nothing mm-hmm. other than the hits. I never understood why people loved "Psycho Killer" so much. I mean, there's it would be on all these like top 100 song lists of all time, burning down the house. I was like, oh, I, yeah, I
3: agree with you about "Psycho Killer." I was, I always was like, I don't really get this. And then, honestly, seeing it in the in the doc, I would, I made me love it because he yes. just looks so cool performing it. And now yes. I love it, but when it used to be on the radio all the time, I was like, why? Don't I, I don't want to hear about this fucking Psycho Killer. You now <laughs> no, I out. I mean,
4: it's it's but it's one of those things where it was just it was like, yeah, OK, just not my music. It's new wave. I just totally wrote it off as like, oh, uh, oh, music. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and then I moved to Baltimore in my mid well, like early 20s. I moved to uh, to go to school there and there was a nightclub in downtown Baltimore called The Talking Head. And I don't know if it was owned by David Byrne, but David Byrne uh, and Adam check fact check this for me. Uh, I'm pretty sure he went to Micah, which is the art school in downtown Baltimore. Can you find that out for me? Uh, Because there was a connection. It wasn't just like they had it there just because they called it the talking head. And it was, they had, did he? Tended there for one year. One year. Okay. That's it. Perfect. So, so yeah, so there's the connection between that. He's got, he's got, he's got he's got deep roots in Baltimore, but what, what I started going there, they had this party called tax Low, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, but tax Low was like basically a, a hipster uh, dance party where they would have like, they would play like Franz Ferdinand and they'd play joy division and they'd play talking heads uh, at this, at this nightclub and people would dance to it. You know, this is like an era when like Nelly's big and fucking, you know, that's what really, you know, dance music, like rave music. And I just started going to that and I started like hanging out with the girls and it was just this whole experience where then they would play, you know, bring down the house. They play some of the songs that are on this, but the not the live version, the studio versions. And it was just it was great. It made me appreciate it more. Uh, I do have a funny story, which I will say about this. About that place. I, I, have- like, I have a funny story. I refuse to tell it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not telling it at all. No, I, I, I there was a chick named uh, Katura that I dated and she was the hottest girl in my life that I've ever dated still to this day. And we dated <laughs> her a little bit. And then she, uh, she was like, she went back to her ex-boyfriend and, and they're together. And I remember she loved panic at the disco. And then three months after we'd stopped hanging out, she hits me up and she's like, Hey, uh, I broke up with, with the, their boyfriend. And she's like, do you want to hang out? And I go, and she goes, can you take me to that party at Taxlow uh, at the talking head? I go, of course. Now she was like 19 years old. I'm like 25. Okay. We, we had a class together and that's how we met. Um, and she was like a dance major. I was a film major. And so, I, so the night before she goes to the Panic at the Disco concert that she's so excited about and she, I pick her up from, from campus and I take her down to Baltimore. She's got this bag with her. I'm like, hey, what's in the bag? And she's like, oh, nothing important. Just, you know, some knickknacks and like, like my Panic at the Disco T-shirt I just bought and some sleep stuff. And so I'm like, all right, cool. Do you want to go drop it off at my place in Baltimore? We're going to a bad neighborhood. And she's like, no, it's fine. And I had this like old Jeep that like anybody could get into. I mean, you could literally just unzip it and you could be in my car and take whatever you wanted. And we go into the party and they're playing talking heads and we're dancing, we're drinking and we're making out. And she whispers in my ear after like two hours, I want you to take me home and fuck me. And I'm like, hell yeah. And then we walk out to my car and one of my windows is unzipped. And, and I'm like, oh shit. I was like, maybe the wind? And I was like, let's check to see if anybody got into the car. And I look, my bag's there, all my books are there, everything that I have, my winter coat is there. I go, ah, oh, my shit's here, what about yours? And she's like crying, I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, somebody stole my overnight bag. And I go, oh, it's fine. You said it was just a Panic at the Disco shirt and some knickknacks. And she goes, no, my wallet was in there with all my credit cards and my social security uh, card and my passport and my birth certificate. Like literally every single thing that somebody needs to steal <laughs> basically open up a, a franchise, you know, in your name. And, and she was like, she was like, take me home. And I, I mean, I've never seen a, a vagina dry up faster.
3: And- <laughs> you were so you were like you still with the whole fuck thing. Is that still <laughs> <laughs> Is that on the table?
4: She was like, I'm never going back to the talking
3: head. Never, and, oh, and we weird. never went Would back. What you say? Nor- her name was Katora yeah, That's a name you got to be hot with. <laughs> if you're going to be named that, you got to get hot. <laughs> like you can't Super go through hot. life as a Katora uh, being a, <laughs> a slouch.
4: <laughs> I wonder if there is like can you check Adam to find out if yeah, there are research. any. Do <laughs> some research Look up find out if there are uh, Ugly Katora. Um.
2: Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Revenge Sevenfold and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.
0: Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time On Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. But then it was just
4: the other... Then it just disappeared. Their music disappeared for years, and then it came back... When we did the record uh more songs about food and uh do you guys know Buildings? Food and Buildings. And that was my first real Talking Heads record. And that had uh Take Me to the River on it,
1: mm-hmm. which
4: yeah, might be one of the best cover versions of any song ever. There's something about this band that like i don't know because like i want to ask you guys because you could there's so much we could talk about we could talk about the lyrics we could talk about the rhythm the instrumentation and the iconic members what about their sound makes you gravitate towards talking heads
2: uh, i think it's just amazing how i mean I, I would never call myself like an art rock fan i don't listen to any other band and <laughs> i don't think that is categorized as art rock but there's something about the way that they can make something so big is like, I mean, just in stopping sense how they can start so small and then by the time you get to burning down the house and you have, you know, the the guy's doing percussion, you have the synths going crazy, you have the guitar. It's just a way they can they can be so small and so specific, but also just huge and euphoric in a way that I think is very captivating. I no, I say.
3: agree. I agree. What about you, Tom? Yeah, I mean, this is the same. It's like, and also to make something so weird feel so accessible. It's like. Yeah, I, it's. I just think it's cool, cool as hell. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and it's. I do love. I like the lyricism is big for me, and I. I, I talk about that on our show. Like some people don't give a shit about any lyrics at all, but it's huge to me that uh, there's no, there's no. He doesn't use anything that you've ever heard anyone say. He's like an alien, uh, the way he talks, and I love it. Is he a pop music geek supreme? Is he the top?
4: Pop music geek supreme. Is he the supreme leader of pop music geekness?
2: Well, a funny thing about him is if you search, like if you start typing into Google, does David Byrne, it immediately go have autism. (laughs) That's like the number one search is does David Byrne have autism? So (laughs) I think, yeah. And I don't know if he does. I don't know. I didn't uh, do the search, but I just think it's very telling that that's like the one thing people are wondering while they're watching him perform. I mean, I'm
4: trying to remember what Jerry said because we talked a lot. Fuck man, I should have listened to that episode right before I did this. Um, Adam, were you working on that episode when we did it? Unfortunately, I was not. What were you doing then?
0: I was pre-made. That was back in the Morty days.
4: Oh yeah, God, I wish Morty was here. Morty would be. Morty would fucking just <laughs> know so much, and he'd be like, "It's because he went to this and he did this and he studied under this." There, I would. I mean, we have to call him a genius.
2: Yes. 100%. Do I?
4: I mean, there's because you know what I think it is too. It's 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 like one, not enough people know about him. I mean, because I, I really don't think like the younger generation has any idea about the the genius. And I bet when American Utopia was on HBO, they were like, "What the fuck? This great another old white singer doing his thing. <laughs> this motherfucker can't dress at all. Like, what is this suit he's wearing? Like, I, I I I think he's a band, and I I love that all of us got into this band later in life. Cause I don't think it's a band like besides those hits that you can sit there and say, Oh, I, I can listen. I want to listen to this. Like this is something that only you can appreciate after you've lived, after you've listened to all the other muck that's, and it's being put out. This is something that then pops in that you're like, Oh, now I get it. Now I see it. Like, what are like, where are we putting David on the, on the totem pole, of like musical geniuses. Is he up there with the the John Lennon and the Paul McCartney or is he like, is he Miles Davis? Is he, is he Tom York and Johnny Greenwood or is he just this, this subsection guy that is yeah. just like an offshoot? What do you think? I think
2: he's just his own Island. Like it's so hard to compare, you know, talking heads with like, yeah. Say like the Beatles or anything. It just seems, David Byrne just seems like he occupies his own singular space. And he just has this vision. He has this thing that he's like, no one else could have done it. And he did it the best it could be done. And I just think that, yeah, I definitely, I, I hate using the word genius and I would say he hundred percent is one. And I think he's just his own thing just to the side of everything else. Yeah.
4: If we had to compare him to a basketball player, Tom, I know you love basketball.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're it, both basketball for who,
4: years. by the way, wizards, uh, two and 0, and that guy, Spencer Dinwiddie. I yeah, mean, we, I'm telling you. So something really cool is I, I love did a sh- Spencer Dinwiddie, dude. It's like best name like, in basketball. I mean, he should he should be wearing like turnbuckle shoes and like <laughs> and like he's a lemony snicket's character. You know what I mean? I'm Spencer Dinwiddie. Hello. <laughs> I'm a fancy lad but that motherfucker can play dude. I have, I get the inside scoop from, uh, I did a show with Jessica Kirsten uh, over Hanukkah in 2019, right before the, yeah, so right before the turn to, to 2020. And I did like musical crowd work with Adam rain going through the audience. And next thing I know, I see the broadcaster for the Washington wizards, the guy who did it for 20 years, this guy, Steve Buckhands. Mm-hmm. And I, I almost call it, I almost start like fucking with him. But then I go, he looks at me and he goes, and I go, all right. And I, cause I knew it right away. I pointed out, I'm like, oh my God. And he's just like, nah. And after the show, I went out to wait for him. Dude, he was waiting in the green room for me to tell me how much he, he dug my set. And, and he's like, how funny I was. And now I talk to him like once a week. And it's all about sports, DC sports. I get the inside scoop. Oh, he's like, dude, mm-hmm. the Wizards are going to be, this team is clicking, the defense, the that. Wow. We just beat your Pacers.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we're we're we are not a good team right now. (laughs) Fucking lost to the Hornets with like a fucking thirty point. uh, I know. I'm gonna go see them. I'm gonna go see them on uh uh, next week. I'm excited. Really? They're coming to New York. Uh, very exciting stuff. I'm trying to think. So, who who would David Byrne be if we're talking current league? You, I want you go.
2: Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard just yeah, uh, yeah. because of how like robotic and weird Kawhi Leonard is in interviews and shit. Yeah. And he just does that like very weird vibe. He doesn't really play like anyone else. He's totally his whole thing. He kind of came out of nowhere, like San Diego state. And he just like came out of nowhere and then did some of the most impressive stuff anyone's ever seen. It's like, Oh shit, who's this guy? And then he's just a weirdo. So I would take, take Kawhi
3: championships. Leonard. Yep. Two championships. I, was, I was trying to pull that. That is, I think that's the best one, but I would also say maybe, uh, maybe like a, Kyrie not Kyrie but uh like he's a, a flat Kobe, earther like, a, like a Kobe because he's like he's a genius but he's like it's kind of got to be his team and it's like he's like isn't he like he's like famously difficult like to, to work with so yeah I'm gonna go Kobe yeah
0: uh, okay okay Adam you said Bill Walton you wrote Bill Walton Just 'cause because he's super unique and he's kind of onto his own you know there's not sure. many players that are like Walton you know also both white. That's good.
4: I don't even know. I I'm, I all I like can think in the terms is like wizards, and I'm like, was he was he a Gilbert Arenas? But no, it's like I do remember
3: him showing up uh, to a
4: show with a gun in his locker. Two guns, <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Started popping off on Jerry. He's
3: like, pick a gun. Pick any gun you want, because I'll put a cap in your ass. Is that maybe a good... <laughs> That's a good impersonation. That was, that was good. <laughs> maybe maybe Wizards Jordan. <laughs> okay. okay.
4: Everybody's favorite, Jordan. Ah, uh, he was mine. He was mine. I had two that that's a great jersey. It's the only wizards jersey you can get in blue anymore. You can't oh, find yeah, that. I had
3: that blue jersey. It was sick.
4: Yeah, you can't find that anywhere. I've been looking for a Gilbert Arenas jersey for like five years. And um Megan Gailey, her husband's like big on that. And he's yeah, been CJ. trying to find yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's, so he's been he's been trying to find me that too. And I just need to press him on it. But that's like that's I have like 14 different bullets and wizards jersey that I ordered during this like year span. I have a Rex Chapman, I have a Tom Gugliata, I have a Minute Bowl. Uh, I have a George Murison. I have a Weber. I have a Rasheed. I have dude, fucking. But uh, the Gilbert, that's the one. I have Calbert Cheney. There you go, Indiana. Yeah. yeah, there you
3: go. There you go, I- Indiana Zone. All
4: right, let's let's talk about. Let me let's get some let's get some of the background on this record. All right, so. So this is the soundtrack. Uh, specifically, I know we're talking a lot about the concert film, everybody, but I feel like you can't talk about one without talking about the other. And the concert film really is, after watching it, it did make me realize, fuck, man, this is really cool. This is way cooler than just a live record because I'm listening. You know, when you listen to some of the live albums we've had on here, like uh, Cheap Trick, Live at Budokan, there's no video, at least that I've seen, that goes with it. And so when you can see it, yeah. It just hits so much harder and it's like, fuck man. Cause the, even the way it opens with psycho killer, it's like, it's just seeing it made mm-hmm. me really love it even more. So, so this is a soundtrack of the live concert film release of the same name. It was released in 84, featured nine tracks from the movie with some editing. It spent over two years on the billboard 200 chart peaking at number 41. It eventually went two times platinum in the United States uh, the title of the album comes from a lyric and Girlfriend is Better. Purists have found Stop Making Sense slightly mixed and worse yet, incomprehensive. Okay. The nine tracks included Jumble and Trunket. Did I say that right, Adam? Did you write that? Trunket? Trunket. You got Trunket. it. Trunket. What does that mean? Like a shortened version, <laughs> condensed. Trunket. Perfect. I'm gonna start using that. And a shorter version condensed the natural progression of frontman David Burns' meticulously arranged stage show. Cries for a double album treatment, a 1982 live opus, the name of the band is Talking Heads, were sounded almost immediately. More enterprising fans merely dubbed the VHS release of the film onto cassette tape. Even when the seven tracks that didn't make the cut, this still gives you a sense of a band playing at their peak. I agree with that. I really do more than half the album features tracks from the speaking in tongues album. Uh, the tracks were performed on this, on this live performance, but not released on the album version included heaven, which I think I, I would tell when we were doing the podcast together, your podcast, uh, I immediately said, I don't know the name of the song, but mm-hmm. that is my fuck. And don't give me your favorite song on the record yet, but that mm-hmm. is my favorite that that song is what really made me now a talking heads fan. It's so beautiful. I think it's I think it's perfect. And then to see it with just him and the bass player. Yeah, I mean, Tina that... comes
2: out with the bass and she, oh, yeah, so God. Great.
4: Uh but yeah, and we can name a whole bunch of songs. All right. So let's let's do some tracks on it. Yeah. All right, so it opens with Psycho Killer. When it was finally completed and released as a single in 77, Psycho Killer became instantly associated in pop culture with the contemporaneous Son of Sam serial killings. Is that, who's your favorite serial killer?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> seriously,
4: this is a real question. I'm seriously asking this. Well, I'm a
2: Chicago guy, so I got to go with Gacy. He's got, yeah, he's the dude. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. He killed it,
3: dude. That guy rips. I mean, Durst, I guess, isn't a serial killer. He's, he would be it for me. He killed him. yeah. I'm going Durst. Uh, Fred or a, the or Robert. Uh, Robert, Robert, Robert <laughs> yeah. Durst. Yeah. Uh, a little from column A, a little from column no, B. There, no. I, listen, you can uh, shit on
4: right. Limp Biscuit all you want, man. I saw one of the last concerts I saw in 2019 was fucking Limp Biscuit at the Roxy, and was it let good? me holy shit it was i have so much video i went basically huge shout out to eric uh at meth syndicate and rebecca Uh, i just went to their wedding in maine where i really listened to this record on the way up and i got to listen to it all the way through a couple times and i was like fuck man but i went with them let me tell you something you could shit on that's a good def- stand by your band. So has somebody Mike, done that?
3: Mike Racine defended it. It's a famously controversial episode. Oh, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to listen to that because I love Mike. I love Mike. But I love him so much, but it's, 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 it, he gets very upset with um the fact that uh, we didn't love Limp Bizkit. What? It's really it's funny, but it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it is it is what it is,
4: but the, here's the thing is that it's just, he put on such a great show, and it's not Limp Bizkit in 1999, it's Limp Bizkit in 2019. The fans are different, we're older, we're more mature, you know, there were no sexual assaults. It was right. just a regular yeah. concert, but his in-between song banter was Horrible. And I was tripping on mushrooms. <laughs> I was tripping on uh, mushrooms. That's so- a weird
3: one. That's a weird mushroom show, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like way too aggressive for <laughs> mushrooms.
4: Very aggro. And MGK was there. And this is when he was still a rap artist. Uh, and at one point he went on stage while he sang Break Stuff and then dumped trash on his head. Like, he pulled up a trash can. He <laughs> was just like, it was so like, well, all right, dude, whatever. Of course, you're going to marry a Kardashian fucking hand job. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody should defend him. I, I yeah. just I he he nobody's got, even
3: pitched him I don't think.
4: Good, good. And <laughs> you say no to that. Uh, so so what do you think of when you hear this song, Psycho Killer? Like what do you what, what are thoughts are brought up to you guys when you hear this song?
2: I genuinely think it's just the phrase. F- qu'est-ce que <laughs> bringing the French rate. Right? I think it elevates the song so oh, much. Yeah. I really think it would not have been as big of a hit if he didn't say qu'est-ce And that's like, I think it's just such a cool turn of phrase. Uh, that I, I um, what does it
4: mean? Do we know?
3: Yeah, uh, it's
2: uh, I took French in college and I yeah. do not
4: remember. <laughs> I was a terrible uh, Adam. Don't worry, Adam's got it because Tom, your brain, I can tell you're like.
3: Huh. Yeah. No, I, did, I I took fucking like seven years of French, and now I can't remember either. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, you look it up, Adam. Adam, look, Adam it up. look it up. It means what is it, and
0: what's that? Uh, that's right. I knew
3: it was. How do you not know that? You took seven years of French. So that's the most basic shit, dude. I yeah, would remember, but I uh, froze up there. It was the internet connection. So so this song is included in the Rock
4: and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll is one of three tracks from this release to make the list. Yeah, I Psycho Killer's iconic, man. It's I mean, the, you um, think of – go ahead.
2: I was going to say the strum pattern is really cool in it, too. Um, I just think it's a really cool rhythm on the guitar that he's doing.
4: Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. The it's been covered by Velvet Revolver, Cage the Elephant, Fish, and then there was a Talking Heads cover band out of Baltimore. It's called Psycho Killers. Yeah, this is this is an iconic one.
3: It's a good. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised to like cover it. It's a, when people do it at karaoke, it pops off. It's like yes. a, it's like a sneaky good karaoke song. I think.
4: Yes. Oh, this is this could definitely like you know fucking change the energy in a room and get people singing behind it. Well, it's a, the a good carry five,
3: of the the, the yeah part. People really get it. It's, oh, I mean, people! It's true. Keska say is just fun to say too. People love a good like you know la 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 la.
4: Yeah, like Mr. Jones, dude. I was at that wedding and they played Mr. Jones and everyone when he hit that la 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 part, everybody. That's probably a fucking killer. Uh, Karaoke song I just don't do karaoke I do the goddamn comedy jam Check it out On Paramount Plus everybody (laughs) Nobody watched it Oh baby Actually one of the things I bought with that money Was a Dyson And then I sold my Dyson To move to New York And now I think I'm gonna buy a new one oh shit
3: yeah, yeah you need dude. a good uh you need a good vac if you need a good vac dude, dude. i had to uh, this is not interesting never mind yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, Wait, what said, is that an anti-vacker uh, <laughs> <No>. we're sharing <laughs> a mic over here no the story sucks it's a i fucking had to go my my fiance we got a vacuum we got a nice vacuum off of amazon we support bezos we like him we love the it guy. and um we bought this fucking vacuum it was like two hundred dollars and it uh We it broke. We tried to replace a belt on it, and it caught fire in my apartment, and uh, it was terrifying. And my fiance was like, "Let's just throw this thing away." And I was like, "Well, it's a fucking two hundred dollar vacuum. Maybe we can get it repaired." And I had to I had to drive an hour and a half to get this fucking thing repaired. It was such a pain in the ass. It's not like a common thing. It still costs like sixty bucks, but you know we're so so like conditioned to just throw shit out if it's not working instead of getting it fixed. Get I felt a, like I did a good deed. I get a Dyson. Dyson. Get a Dyson, dude. Spend the five hundred bucks.
4: It's Don't worth it. Don't you feel
3: it. in New York like our apartments are so small that I'm just like I'll just live in filth. Who cares? <laughs> not enough. <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking vacuum this. There's not <laughs> enough of it. <laughs> Please tell me that's a bit because that is the no, most. No, that no, is the most
4: it. New York joke. Of that's so. You know, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm looking at my living room and I'm just like, or my my bedroom, my kitchen. I'm just like, yeah, who's coming over? Yeah, yeah comes over. Just enough, let it I mean, be
3: you could you could go the opposite where it's like actually it's you should really be on top of cleaning it cuz you have to live right there but it's like it's buying a fucking $500 vacuum for you know 20 square feet you're like what am i doing i don't need i'll just I, sweep it up like, I, I know
4: but i just feel like i'm always sweeping
3: yeah no and it's I, constant it's and constant. then it's and
4: it's not just the sweep it's the it's the grabbing of the other thing and sweeping it into that and then mm-hmm. going to the trash can and then you always lose some fuzz or something and then you got to yep. re-sweep that with mm-hmm. the dyson dude it's just unplug and just fucking yeah and then it's fucking done yeah. proud sponsor of the 500 dyson you guys, hear me before. Oh, now I see what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to get a sponsorship. <laughs> um. All right. Well, hey, Adam, on the list that you gave me, I don't have Heaven on here. It Goes right into Swamp
0: because that's one of the songs I got cut from the. No, we, we're talking. No. From, we're talking oh, about, oh, we're
4: talking about we're just after, the nine. The oh, because I no, I no, no, I know that, but in the album version on Dark Lord Spotify, it has. Um, it does the have spotify has all
2: of them yeah and that's why i didn't even realize that it was only nine in the initial release because the spotify one's what i was listening to so i just assumed that that was how it was released i didn't realize they cut like half of it
4: now all right all right so let's all right so i gotta say this in the version i listened to heaven is i mean it it just stole my heart uh i love it so much i love it i love it i love it i can't stress that enough but on let's go in through this release then we have swamp
2: This uh, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, is when you're on asset and you're
4: like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> know, oh. like this, and then the okay. wall is melting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a demon on my shoulder. That, that happened to me once. Really we were cool. listening. I was tripping balls. You'd kill it out. of We were oh, tripping balls, and I was listening to uh Wu-Tang Clan, and I started I, I used to have like I used to go to the dark side a lot on LSD. Because I had one schizophrenic breakdown that was like I talk about all the time on the podcast, changed my life um, when I was fifteen. But I knew it. I could wreck after that bad trip, I could always stop myself from having a bad trip by knowing that I was just on LSD because that's the problem. You're so fucked up that you just think this is all real and almost forget that you're on the drug so I could pull myself out of the dark side. So I I remember I'm sitting in my basement, we're listening to Wu-Tang, my friends are playing spades behind me. We're watching Evil Dead, which is probably the worst movie to watch when you're tripping. (laughs) And I remember I'm looking at all the, it was an unfurnished basement and the walls had like wood and the wood had those like little, like little wood holes, those circles that are like, and they all look like demon eyes. And so I was like, Paul, I was like, you gotta take off Wu-Tang. I was like, put something else on. I was like, what do you want? I was like, Radiohead, okay, computer. And he put that on and, at first, you're like, "Oh, okay, airbag," and then it's like, <laughs> "Gang, gang, 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 <laughs> gang, gang, <laughs> gang, are <laughs> like,
2: "Ah, robots!"
4: And then I had a bad trip.
2: Um, yeah, when it has paranoid in the song yeah. title, it's probably yeah, 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 one to yeah, 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 right, dude.
4: Uh, any thoughts on this, Tom? Or you, you guys?
2: Do uh, you have anything you want to talk
4: about? Swamp. Uh, wait, which one? swamp the one we just listened to oh yeah
2: well in the in the movie it's when uh, they, they put all the lights to red and they're putting these like weird images in the background so it is like in the roller coaster of it, it is like the scary weird part that so
3: yeah I, I i was just watching I, I kind of sped through that one it was scared my ass <laughs> yeah 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 it's just <laughs> don't fine that.
4: You're, you're a sensitive lad boy you're, you're a very sensitive
3: lad, boy <laughs> i'm just you're, a scared man
4: a <laughs> scared all.
3: scared man
0: hey this is dewey Halpus, host of Peer pleasure on the sound talent media podcast network Join me each week as I explore another long form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gourley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, peer pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.
4: Um, all right, let's jump to Burning Down the House because, I mean, this is. This is, uh, I mean, this is new wave. This is funk. uh, Mm -hmm. This is a song that I found out started from a jam, uh, says bassist Tina uh, Waymouth In the liner notes of Once in a Lifetime, The Best of Talking Heads, uh, Chris uh, Franz, the drummer, had just uh, been to see Parliament Funkadelic in its full glory at MSG and he was really hyped. During the jam, he kept yelling, burn down the house, which was a P-Funk audience chant, and David Byrne dug the line, changing it to the finished version, burning down the house. Keyboardist and founding member of Parliament Funkadelic, Bernie Worrell, joined them for the version on this record. According to Byrne, in an NPR interview, phrases that he tried but ultimately did not use in the song included, I have another body, pick it up by the handle, you travel with a double, and I'm still under construction. Those are all, those are the most David Byrne Mm -hmm. lines Mm -hmm. ever. As for the title phrase in the chorus, one early attempt as heard on a work tape had him singing a different line. What are we going to do? And at another point in the process, instead of chanting, burning down the house, he was chanting foam rubber USA. Okay. (laughs) What do you guys thoughts thoughts on this? What do you love? What do you dislike? I mean, there's nothing that we dislike. Obviously, it's it's yeah. This it's is brilliant.
2: one of those songs where you can just tell that they are having the fucking time of their lives. You know what? Everyone is just like really yeah. funky, rocking out, and it's just like these guys are having a great time and they are just killing it. Like the synth sounds so cool. It's just such a fun, great song.
3: Now, it's I, probably I, the ahead. funkiest song that I enjoy really i'm not a huge funky guy but uh this one i'm I'm dancing i'm having a good time and it is true watching them do it and they're like this is fucking awesome you know that they're thinking that while they're doing it this is so fucking cool and it
4: is cool it really is cool yeah they it's i'm telling you even in the car ride over when I was driving to Maine, I was like, God, this is great. Watching it a few moments ago and I have all the Sono speakers here. Yeah. So I have it all turned up. It fucking thumps. And then to see like, and, and I know this is, this is, I mean, if I, I don't know if I can say this, but the fact that it's a multiracial, uh, band, and the black dudes in there are like, huh, burn it down the I mean, no, it's, I think it's...
3: there's an element where I, I don't know if they knew they were doing it. It makes it seem much cooler that it's because it could just be this dorky ass white dude dancing on stage. And you're like, what the fuck is this kind of, but then seeing like other people dancing with him and it just looks, it, it seems so much cooler.
4: But is he a dork? Is he but a dork? I don't dork? think he is
3: actually a dork. I just mean he kind of looks like a dork. He's very, like, I think it's the
4: coolest he's ever looked. To be honest with you, I mean, he, he does look. Like, we well, seeing very- him
3: fo- the 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 laser focus in his eyes when he's performing, especially to open it and he's alone and he's just fucking killing it. And you're like, this guy is awesome. But if you just saw him. Walking to the show, I would be like, "What the fuck is this guy about to do?" Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah. Uh, Adam, you said you have a clip of it. Play, a vi- play the video clip. Just let's see a little taste of uh, oh, yeah. of David. Guy.
1: Yeah, dude.
4: Oh go. my god. And it's even, you know what? This is better than the than the studio version. The way that he is, the cadence in the song, like the way he's like pulling back on the lyric and then speeding shit up like that, that whole 65. It's just, it's there's a there's a level of of hip-hop. I don't know if that makes sense. I know. I'm really should say black influence on yes. David that is you just you wouldn't fucking think it if you saw him. You would just be like, like you said, he's a tool. He's wearing a fucking oversized suit. He's a regular white guy. He probably looks like a he looks like a CPA. The funniest thing, everybody, and I think Adam is there. Is there a fact in here, or should I should I wait about their outfits? Do you, did you put something at the
0: end about fat? I don't actually have anything about the outfits on that to go for. So it. all right,
4: so I was reading that everybody was supposed to wear like like grays and whites, like nothing that would like if light hits it that would stick out. And then the drummer literally is wearing like a Charlotte Hornets teal <laughs> fucking like polo shirt. And you're like, did you just work like a golf tournament? Like like at for Outback Steakhouse in the late nineties because that's the color scheme that you went with. But I think that adds to it. I think like you look at them and you see their outfits and then you hear these songs, these songs are funky. These songs are, you know, they'll do the black guys. The black guys there were fucking in it, you know. They, it's it's credible if, if a black dude thinks you're cool,
3: you're cool. Well, there's there's this thing I, mean, I I don't know the history on this with with talking it specifically, but I was watching um what is it twenty feet from stardom or whatever the oh, yeah. the thing about the background great singers, great yeah. doc they talk about that element of like I it made these bands look cooler to have like this incredible black woman see sing, like singing on their tracks totally added an element of it i think that's true like i think that's definitely a factor i
4: think i think as far look you know i i been working on this bit about how white people shouldn't do reggae music and um you know there is white people have been stealing from the black culture for years but there is ways of doing it where you because everything every song that we have listened to, even live, the band we talked about on Stand By Your Band, there is something that can be taken that they took or somebody took that they were influenced by from a black dude fucking years ago, and it's just manifested into, you know, into Placenta Hits the Floor. That being <laughs> said, Talking Heads is doing it right. They're doing it right. They're, they're not, they're, they're taking the funk element of the 70s uh, and they're taking that that new wave sound, the keyboards the and it's and it is uh, totally original it yes, is it is did the commodores do something like this? one hundred percent is it fucking perfect? Is this a perfect song? I think so. I think it's I think a perfect so, song. Yeah. I don't think you get many of these in in your career, and this band seems to have a few of them so This was, let me see, uh, when the track was released as a single from Speaking in Tongue's album became Talking Heads' highest charting hit single in North America, becoming their their only top ten single on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number nine, as well as reaching top ten in Canada. It didn't appear in the U.K. single chart at all until, and check this shit out, Tom Jones and the Cardigans covered it and made it a top ten hit in
3: 1999.
4: What? Yep. That's bananas bananas banana supreme uh girlfriends is better great song um you guys uh, have anything you want to add about that
2: yeah i mean that's just one towards the end of the show where it's like you know being someone who only really new singles going in girlfriend is better is the type of song you hear where you're like holy shit what is this and it just kind of like really takes you back or it's just uh, I don't know. it's a very cool song
4: very cool song uh once in a lifetime i mean Uh, Let's talk about that. This is the second of three songs to be on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. The version from this album made the Billboard Hot 100 list in 1986. The track was developed through extensive jams. Uh, See, I love this. Uh, Good good pull on this one, Adam. Inspired by Afrobeat musicians such as Fela Kuti, Uh, his lyrics uh, and vocals, David's, that is, uh, were inspired by preachers delivering sermons. I mean... I don't think it could ever be summed up better. Once you read that, you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Burn improvised lines as if he was giving a sermon with a call and response chorus, like a preacher and a congregation. Half spoken, half sung vocals, burning uh, the lyrics about living in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife and a large automobile. Uh Byrne denied the lyrics address Yuppie greed and said the song was about The unconscious We operate half awake or on autopilot And end up whatever With a house and a family and a job and everything else And we haven't really stopped to ask ourselves How did I get here Is that why Is that statement right there why you guys uh, Chose the profession that you're in
3: Kind of Yeah kind of yeah. I mean I was Definitely on a track to uh to do some shit that i was like i can just live my whole life and it'll be not what i want it to be and then yeah. i'll wake up one day and be like what the fuck is this uh and i were i worked with people who i feel like kind of were like that and like a lot of people that i worked with i worked at a place that seemed like it had job security and then a lot of people lost their jobs just because of uh the hospital industry changed and they were fucked and i was like oh i don't want to wake up like that one day and not have done what i want to do with my yeah. life you know isn't yeah, that, yeah. i, I mean like no it's got to be part uh, of it. It, it 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 is
4: uh the all the guys that i grew up with who i love to death and i'm in a fantasy football league with um you know and and they're they're all happy i mean you know they they got kids they got beautiful homes they have the nice cars they have security they I have a buddy that when he was 24 years old could say, I know exactly where I'm going to be when I'm 40. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is now we were supposed to do this together. We were supposed, he should be running this podcast with me. He should be at the cellar with me. He should be at all those places because he's just as funny as me. He's a reason I'm funny. He's huge influence, but that scares me more than, a pandemic hitting and me being like i'm out of work for yeah. fucking two years i'd rather right. i'd rather be in this uh, tiny apartment in new york with no idea what what's gonna happen six months from now that's exciting you know yeah, and i yeah. and there's
3: there's nothing it's wrong totally scary but it's like you know it's a, it's a fucking roller coaster but it's like yeah everything that's what i mean about the those people I worked with losing their jobs, I was like, well, that can happen even if you do it the other way. So why not try to do what you want to do at least for a little bit?
4: Yeah, I I completely agree. I completely agree. I think this song, when you really break it down to just the lyrical besides music, I mean, he's,
3: he's fucking spot on. If there's anybody that followed his dreams, I think this song may have been in the trailer for the film click, which I saw four times in theaters. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I I don't know why I loved Click. Really? In high school, yeah. Pull it up, Adam. I remember this song being a part of it. It it was either in the movie or it was uh, like maybe one of the times that he like wakes up and everything's normal again or something. They play it. Actually, Adam, don't even pull it. it. Don't pull the trailer up. Just start the song, but turn it down a little bit, and
4: then I'm gonna do the trailer voice and see if this matches. (laughs) Go ahead, do that. (laughs) When your life is the same thing every day, (laughs) and you find a remote. I think it's great. Uh, in 1986, the Muppet character Kermit the Fog performed once in a lifetime in an episode of Muppets Tonight. Find that, Adam. Find that while we look. And he wears yes. a big suit and mimics Burns' dances from Stop Making Sense. That's
3: I- honestly sick as hell. I would that be is- so hyped if fucking Kermit is doing me. <laughs>
4: Dude, so one of the fans of the podcast, we did De La Soul in the last episode, and he found an episode of like uh, Teen Titans where De La Soul was on there and they basically talk about how their music was uh they, they didn't have any music on streaming services because they signed a bad record deal years ago with uh Tommy Boy and they wouldn't they wouldn't give him a better cut of the streaming rights. So They basically won an episode of Teen Titans. I guess he had a fan that was a writer, and they talk about like this evil guy has their music and won't give it to him. Yeah, it was cool. And this guy posted it. That's right. I love love the Fleece Army. Join the Patreon. That's sick. Yeah, dude, the the Patreon is sick. Thank you for promoting it right there. That's That's... that's very sick. What a Patreon! Um, All right. I mean, we could talk about. You guys want to talk about? We got it.
3: (laughs)
0: You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. And you may find yourself in another part of the world. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. You may find yourself in a beautiful house.
3: I love a Kermit. Life. I just, you may ask yourself, this is why I hate well, the internet. How the fuck I does this you? have 671 thumbs down? Who <laughs> <Yeah. He> sees <laughs> this and is like, <laughs> fuck that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that frog's out of tune.
0: You're flat, Kermit.
4: All right, Kelly, yeah, dude, 671
3: thumbs down on the Who thumbs down that? I don't get it. Somebody that
4: hates frogs, bro. There's somebody uh, that's very anti-Muppet. There's like, I don't know, there's like, that's so stupid. It's like, oh, my God, this is the most adorable thing ever.
3: Yep. Now- picturing the type of day you got to be having to be like, I'm going to. Not, I, I didn't like this, and I need them to know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, that was great. Thank you for pulling that up, Adam. That was fucking, that, that just made That was my awesome. Day. Yeah. Uh, what a day that was. Uh, life during wartime. Uh, let's, life during wartime. This is another one of the three songs from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. The lyrics are told from the point of view of someone involved in a clandestine, did I say that right? Clandestine? Clandestine clandestine there it is activities during some sort of civil unrest or dystopian environment. Uh,
2: any thoughts on this one? And this is another great one, but I, I do want to say really quickly for what a day that was, please. Yeah. Didn't that, skip that's over? one of my favorite songs in the whole thing. And oh, it's not oh. A, And it's not a talking head song. Uh, it's a burn solo song, which I didn't realize till after. So it's like, I have to find the studio version of that song. Cause I think it's like the highlight of the concert for me, one of them. And uh, it's just a really amazing song. It's got, this amazing like background vocals his singing on. It's really great. So I just wanted to yeah, highlight that as one. No, I'm sorry to
4: skip over it. And that's actually, that's interesting that you brought that up because uh, David Byrne wrote this for the Catherine wheel, which is a musical score commissioned by Twyla Tharp uh, from the American dance choreographer. And she's an American dance choreographer for her dance project. Uh, it premiered uh, September 22nd, 1981 at the winter garden theater in New York city. Oh, look at him branching out. Uh life during wartime this is one of three of the songs from Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that Shape rock and roll. Last song that we that we have listed is take me to the river. I mean the studio version of this is so fucking good. And this live version Does not disappoint. Green's version, because it was written by Al Green in 1974, and guitarist uh, MaBone Teeny Hodges, good name, uh, (laughs) ranked at number 117 on Rolling Stone magazine's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. That's Green's version. The studio cover version released in '78 for more buildings about food. About yeah, more songs about buildings and food. It reached number 26 in the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, We played it live. Yeah, that was it. They played it live in the studio. So, and this is what the bassist Tina remembers. Uh, it sounded so great that we played it back and that we immediately imposed a rule on ourselves. No additional playing except single notes, just one ping or bop or pang. Yeah, so they nailed it when they did the... Uh, when they did the version in the studio and that's basically what you're hearing is a band playing it at the same time and maybe slight, slight overdubs. I think this song is perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've, I still haven't seen them do it yet on the concert. Like literally as soon as we wrap this up, I'm going to finish playing the concert video because it's so good. Um, they really Stretch
2: it out too. Which is, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cause it's towards the end of the show. I think it's the second to last song. And they're just like, we really make a meal out of it in a great way. It you know? burns like, He's like jumping up, doing some falsetto out of nowhere. It's like, it's very fun. Yeah.
4: Um. Also this story, I should also mention, this was all recorded at the Pantages in Hollywood. I know he said it maybe at the beginning, but that's such a great venue. Yeah. Um. I've seen a lot of shows there. I saw Guns N' Roses there uh, in 2019. I've seen <laughs> At the Drive-In. You saw um, some weird
3: ass shows in 2019, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like them, but it's like, you were seeing stuff that is a just the, the year is the weird part. <laughs> It's not what? that you saw it. Like, how was Guns N' Roses in 2019? Incredible. Really?
4: Incredible, <laughs> dude. What's funny, and I talked about this, and me and Adam, we, we've talked about it, is uh, I've seen Guns N' Roses since they got back together four times, and three out of the four, they were incredible. And they—and the band was incredible the fourth time, but Axel's voice is like, he's... Yeah. And I found out that... Um, I found out that... What's his face? Um, fucking... Oh, uh, I can't think of his name. Chris Cornell did the same thing, which is at the beginning of the show when they were doing sound check. The the the, the mic mic technician or or roadie is out on the on the stage and he's going, he's like going, check, check, check. I'm barely talking. I'm barely talking. And it's filling the whole stadium, right? It's loud. Yeah. And then, you know, the, then fucking they come up and he starts singing. And what I notice is he's not singing from like his red, his like his like chest or uh, diaphragm. He's almost singing in like his head and he's almost like Wow, well, you
2: could be oh, my eye. so he's
4: he's he's singing he in this like mic jacked up jacked yeah. up. And, and people said that's what Chris Cornell did, too, because think about it, man. You know, Welcome to the jungle. Sweet child of mine are hard to sing in your twenties. Now he's almost 60 and he's still got to hit those notes, Mm -hmm. you know? So, Hey man, power to him. I I didn't, you know, did it take away from the show the last time a little bit? Did it still rock? And did I still go, Hey man, he fucking killed it in his twenties and his thirties and his forties. Even the first few times in his fifties could have just been an off night. But uh, sure. but Guns N' Roses at Pantages. I saw it. This is who I was at the concert with because I'm friends with Duff McKagan's manager. Uh, I went with Bill Burr and Joey Diaz.
3: Ooh, baby, pick those stars names were up that night.
4: And both of them left halfway into the show uh-huh. because uh, the show started three hours late. Damn, and 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 it was like it was around 1 a.m when the band finally that's was like crazy. yeah i think they went on around like 12 30 at night when they were supposed to go on at 9 p.m holy shit yeah that's it's, insane it was
3: insanely i think their old asses wouldn't want to be up that late <laughs> not axel dude not <laughs> axel he's got shit that's to creepy. do dude he's fucking he's 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 mover and a shaker i want to um, see Josh's concert list from 2019. He's Like, I went to yeah, see Tonic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aqua was playing in 2019.
4: <laughs> I, I I know I went to see Slayer, Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Um, fuck, what else did I go to? Fuck, I wish I had a list. I'll bring it to you at the cellar. I'll look through all my <laughs> ticket stubs and I'll bring it to you. Or I'll or we'll Soul do Soulfly. Soulfly. No, I saw I saw Soulfly out here. Uh, uh fuck no but i who else did i see man fuck it doesn't make a difference doesn't they were all dope though hell they were all Wait, dope Rand-
3: the, what's a what, what's mark mcgrath's uh band sugar ray. Sugar sugar ray. Ray. Right. i'd yeah. go see sugar ray shit
4: i saw them i saw sugar ray and smash mouth do uh umbc's <laughs> like like uh not senior you know when they you know you go to college and they're like it's fucking towson tiger fest and yeah. they have like bands and shit my sister was going to umbc and sugar ray and smash mouth co-headline um and let me tell you something dude sugar ray put on a incredible concert now uh, right. keep in mind i was on a lot of cocaine <laughs> so i don't know if that helped
2: you just wanted like, to fly
4: oh and i was dude i was like
2: every morning in the halo on the ski
4: dude all right uh, Here's some random facts uh, and album reviews. Uh, So this album, I don't know if you guys know this, we're using the 2012 list um, and they came out with a 2020 list. This album did not make the cut for the 2020 list. This is, I know. This That's well, crazy. but but here's the deal. Uh, did other did uh, Adam did other albums of theirs stay on the list? Well, here you might have put it in here. This is the second album we've talked about on the 500, with more songs. Buildings about food being done at 383. We'll see the Talking Heads two more times with Talking Head 77, 291. So we got a minute and Remain in Light at 129 on the 2020 list only. More songs about buildings and food at 364 and Remain in... Oh, Remain in Light jumped, though. Remain in Light went up almost 100 spots to number 39. What's
0: on Remain in Light? All right, so you got Born Under Punches, Cross-Eyed and Painless, The Great Curve, Once in a Lifetime, Houses in Motion, Seen and Not Seen, Listening Wind, The Overload, and Unison, which is a bonus track, apparently. Mm.
4: Okay, I only knew one of those songs. Limited pressings of the original LP version featured a full color picture book wrapped around the album jacket. Regular versions had many of the pictures printed in black and white and captions on the album's inner sleeve. Bonafide Classic, Uh, this got a five star review and reissue from uh, Empire. No other band could do this. No other music movie soundtrack sounds this good. Another review from Q Magazine said, a timely reminder of the achievements of perhaps the most underrated band of the post-punk age.
3: I mean, do you think they're underrated guys? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I do. I still kind of think they're underrated just because I, I feel like, like I said, I, if I put on, uh, this must be the place or like anything people are, st- I still don't feel like people have given it. What, what it should get? So yeah. just on a personal basis, I think they are.
2: I think that they are underrated in the general public yeah. sense and, like- uh, and, but like critically, and then like, people who are really into movies and music and stuff think of them as like a top band but i just think like regular people don't so i think they're yeah no I, I agree yeah.
4: i agree um all right i got a couple questions written by uh who's the guy that writes these questions for me adam the benjamin. riddler <laughs> benjamin i've never met him but benjamin writes good questions um cut that part out i don't want benjamin to hear that that i didn't <laughs> remember his name actually oh. keep that in keep that in <laughs> And and I don't want him to know that I'm happy with
3: his work, too. I want him to think that. <laughs> you have to keep I, everybody- you like, I don't want Benjamin getting a big head. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Uh, do you guys think that this is a good representation of the concert video, the tracks that were selected? Uh, I mean, I think it's – I I was disappointed to hear that they only put out nine and didn't just do a double album with the whole thing because I think that you kind of need the whole thing because it, it, it's really, you know, a big – I know I I think it's like a play where you need to see you can't put like a scene from act one a scene from act two next to each other I think it just needs to be experienced front to back in order so I mean it's still great and they sound really good I was just listening to it this morning but I do think it should have all been there.
3: Tom, what do you think? Same thing? Yeah, same thing, 100%. I, I want the whole thing or else give me nothing.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, to see that heaven was taken off, like, off. I listen, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like, I, I think all of those songs that are on the concert video, it, 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 it creates, it's like making a mixtape. You know, you come out strong, you do Psycho Killer in, in a very unique way, mm-hmm. and then you bring it down and you do heaven. And then you build it back up, and then it just goes boom, 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 boom. And I don't know. Yeah, you need all of that to feel it. You know? Yeah. And then he also brought out at one point a whole different band, right? And and they do a song. They did not, Didn't they do this like a so Tom, Tom So the
2: Tom, Tom Club is uh, Tina Weymouth, the bass player, and Chris France, the drummer. It was their side project. And they play uh, They play a song. That I'm forgetting the name of it right now. But it's a song that gets sampled in hip-hop all the time. Um, yeah. What the hell is that? Yeah, it's like, my boyfriend. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! You know that song, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I Sorry, feel great like drum you, beat. Yeah,
4: it's great. I feel like you need all of that. And whatever I listen to on Dark Lord Spotify, I. Really, really, Doug. Oh, do you guys know that Alec Baldwin killed somebody? You guys know about
2: this? We were, so we were at a wedding <laughs> on Thursday and the groom comes over and he's like, Alec Baldwin killed a guy. I was like, this is a weird wedding twist. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: weird, weird wedding.
3: Do
4: you yeah. take this woman? I hold on, guys, uh, we got to stop this. <laughs> did you see Alec Baldwin just killed a person or an impersonation of Trump? Um, this is a good question. Uh, this goes by the time. Was that
3: the only thing you were going to say about the? <laughs> yeah, You yeah,
4: yeah. fucked up news it, in the middle. No, because, yeah, because I looked at my phone to look up the track <laughs> listing and it said, after Hol- Hollywood gun experts grapple with safety questions. And I was like, yeah, yeah. it'll be fun. It kind of puts a little timestamp on the podcast. You know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're yep. very evergreen, but, you know, I like to let people know what was going on. Sure, sure. And that's
3: why we recorded this. Um, (laughs) Well, it's going to be fucked up if uh, somehow he does it again in like two months. (laughs) uh, Wait, was it the first one or the second one? (laughs) Uh,
4: In a world that constantly demands we explain ourselves, is the invitation command uh, suggestion to stop making sense a form of resistance to cultural pressures? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, people always kind of bring it up as this whole album, this whole uh, movie is kind of like a, a rejection of Reagan era capitalist excess and just like flaunting wealth and everything. And it's just kind of a subversive, but in a funny way. And like the big suit and everything. It's like just a big kind of just like a smirking fuck you in a way that I like where it's not like, you know, a protest album. It's not like, yeah, yeah, you know, but it's I think it's subversive in a fun way, I would say.
4: I, I agree. I, I think that's kind of like uh, the, the, you know, the mission statement of David Byrne, which is just like, because if he made sense and if we could just pinpoint him and be like, just, Oh, this is who you, he is. You would, we wouldn't be talking about his records. You know what I mean? I think that's what makes him special. And to ask, you know, everything he does seems to be very, like you said, uh, subversive. So I think maybe this is, you know, uh, I think it's, I think it's a great, I think it's a great, album title uh and a great concert video title and then when you watch the concert video and you see the gaffers like rolling him out and rolling out pieces of 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 shit during it it's like none of it makes sense none mm-hmm. of it makes sense and that's why it's great um tom do you have anything you want to add or you uh, no no
3: i just i i agree with the i like the smirking fuck you and yeah it's like yeah i also just like that it's not if there was any moment in the that he actually said something political i'd be like this sucks but (laughs) the fact that it's just like this little like tongue-in-cheek like big suits it's so much more interesting very and and timeless very timeless very, very interesting very timeless
4: um do you guys think the live versions of some of these iconic talking heads tracks uh do they how do they stack up against the studio versions from this record from what we've heard of the
3: actual studio what do you think i i mean i prefer the live just be after seeing it it's so much more fun to think of it that way but what do you think
2: you know, i feel the same way i think it's such a visceral thing and i think i think this and also last waltz once you hear these versions it's like impossible to enjoy the studio versions as much just because you've heard it in it's like full highest form which i think For the sure. version is. yeah
4: no yeah that was great that was a really good by bringing up the last waltz because you it's it changes. Hearing a live version changes the way that that's why we go to concerts, because a song can become that much more meaningful and 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 you understand it. And then Dude, when you see them 100
3: percent, we just uh, we were just at a, this uh, tree fort music fest in Boise. So we were doing our stand by your band there and uh, some stand up. But there's this band that Tommy was like really into. And I was like, I am excited to see him. Uh, Called Japanese Breakfast, and I listened to their stuff. I liked it, but I was like, yeah, I I could kind of take this and uh, listen to it a few times. I'm not like obsessed with it. We saw them live, and it's the only thing I've listened to since then because seeing her, seeing this woman like perform the way she does with uh, with the music, like that's just the this uh, her new album. And I was songs that I had only heard once, and I was like, "Ah, yeah, it'd be cool to hear it. It was the most, it was the best show I've ever seen, and I was like, wow. Now I listen to the songs and I just think of that show and I'm like, it's, it just totally changed it for me. So sure, sure. So go see live music if you can. It's, it's such a game changer. And if you can go back to 2019, go back to that <laughs> year and go see
4: live music, man. That, fucking that was rules, a good dude. year. That was a great year for <laughs> concerts. Because of this record, because of Talking Heads, what bands do you think we have now? What who do you think this this Ooh, album and this question. uh and this artist is influenced?
3: Uh I mean my, we would not have Miley without um, <laughs> we would not have
2: Miley without talking about it. I don't know. Well, I think it, it's an easy one to pick because they ended up working together, but Saint Vincent, oh, I think, yeah, is the most talking heads inspired, big act. Um and then yeah, she and David Byrne made an album together. It's also very good. Uh, yeah. But, and I, I love her stuff too, but it's very direct influence, I would say there.
4: I mean, I think, I think, you know, the, you could say, uh, you know, the, the Danger Mouse, CeeLo, Gnarls Barkley. Uh, I mean, you could say some of the bands that I saw at, at, t- or heard at Tax Low, like Block Party, uh,
3: Franz oh, Ferdinand. Weird. Franz Ferdinand like, for sure. Because I feel like he's kind of like the hard modern David Byrne, just a weirdo. Yeah. No, I,
4: I, I think, I think definitely off of the Love Below, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, there's you know roses i mean it's all i mean i don't it's i i think it's because i you know it's funny that we're talking about influences right now because i i put out a tweet yesterday because i'm prepping for another podcast and i listened to sonic youth and i was like man i didn't realize how important this band is like this mm-hmm. band is way more important you know on so many levels to music and and i put them up there in in terms of in terms of like you know, the band, that, all the music that came after it in rock and roll, especially like I think I think, talk, I think the Sonic Youth is like you don't get a lot of those bands. And I think with Talking Heads, it's, it's just subtle little droplets that people don't even realize. It's not like there's like a band that's just like flat out stealing from them, but it's like you can hear. I hear Talking Heads so much, especially in the music nowadays, even in like hip hop. I feel like you're hearing a lot of it. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that Drake's done, maybe even some of the stuff that Kendrick's done off of to pimp a butterfly. I think it's deeper than than just, you know, the the absurdity of their act. I think it's if you just get rid of all of that and just look at the music. Yeah, man. Alt J, radio. I think I think a lot of stuff. Yeah, I
3: definitely do um all right radiohead for sure
4: radiohead for sure all right so these are the questions i ask every guest uh and i want to answer both now keep this in mind we're not going by this the concert film we're going by do you i don't know if you have a list of these nine tracks let me get this uh right now yeah type it in and put it in the in the feed because i need you guys to look at these when uh because we could all because i'd say heaven for my first question i'm going to ask you but i can't because it's not on there so i gotta pick mine so you put them up there adam Oh, R.E.M., yes, and Nine Inch yeah. Nails. Nine Inch Nails later stuff. No, I agree with that, Adam. That's a r m R.E.M., for sure. R.E.M., 100%. All right, here we go. This is the list of nine. Here's the questions I ask everybody. I want
3: both of your answers. Uh, favorite song on this record? Oof. I Honestly, it might be. Uh, it's. I'm between uh, Life During Wartime and uh, Burning Down the House because it's, so, it's so fun watching him do Burning Down the House but I'm going to go life during wartime. I, it's, it's so good. Okay. Yeah,
2: uh, Tom? Tommy? Uh, so I'm going to say, I, I, I want to say what a day that was just because I think it's interesting that it's not even a talking head song and it's such a, such a cool, it's one of the best like verse to like huge chorus uh, in a way they love so much. But I think uh, if, I'm, if I'm being truthful, it's got to be burning down the house. I think Yeah, but I'm just,
4: saying like, burning yeah. down the house. hundred percent. All right. Least favorite song out of those
3: nine. What are you skipping over? Oh, I don't know. I think I sl- I skipped. Uh, yeah, I, th- I believe I skipped Swamp uh, just when I was just watching it. So yeah, I guess I go to Swamp Swamp. Tommy?
4: Yeah,
2: and I think I think it's fun. You know, it's fun to listen to, and it's, he's doing a silly voice, and it's like a, a way different. Oh, yeah. It's a way different speed than the rest of the um. So I think it's fun that it's in there, but I think if I had to take one off, that would be the easy uh, choice. Me too. I'm I'm with you on the swampy. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, drain the swamp, <clears throat> man. That's what You got. Yeah, saying. dude. <laughs> Maga baby, Maga. We
3: gotta
4: MAGA. get Biden out of
3: here. We man. gotta get him out of
4: here, Maga country. Don't worry, guys. Donald Trump's gonna be inaugurated December fourteenth, two thousand twenty. <laughs> that's the day that they say it's
3: um like the fucking mayan calendar with them <laughs> like yeah yeah, yeah. Up with
4: random <laughs> like,
3: like fucking jesus uh what song on this record would you fuck to i knew i thought you were gonna say finger too because you know, that's, <laughs> that's your thing you're the finger king um <laughs> that's definitely burning down the house Cause uh, I'm a I, I get turned on by arson, and so uh, <laughs> I'm a famous, uh, uh, you know, turn and burn, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I would
2: do girlfriend is better, just to you know, kind of hype up my girlfriend. Like, see, you're better. You know?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. Right? Uh,
2: definitely, um, yeah. yeah. What do you got?
4: I start with Psycho Killer because it's acoustic. Oh, you dirty dog! You're yeah, double,
3: you're lasting for two songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
4: that's I, I'm a foreplay guy, dude. Because I, I, <laughs> I finger, I finger. I'm a fore, I'm, all I I'm all foreplay. <laughs> I'm all foreplay. I'm the actual the the actual intercourse is very quick. But I I would end with uh, Take Me to the River. Because yeah. it's just it's just a it's it's got a good beat. It's it's easy to stay on rhythm. You know what I mean? Sure. There's no like I shouting.
3: Like, I feel like slippery people is the most obvious one. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah, want yeah. Do you want some people lubed up and stuff. You know. <laughs> Or swamp, yeah. You know, swamp it's
4: like swamp to. works. Or depending on the girl, once in a lifetime. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes it's yeah. like it's like we're never gonna do this again. I could tell yeah. this is you're not gonna want to hang out with me ever again. <laughs> uh, I, and then last question is: uh, Do you think this record deserves to be on the 500 greatest album list, and uh, why do you think the younger generation should listen to this?
3: Uh, I mean, I think we covered a lot of this. Like, I think it's, uh, I think it definitely should, and. um I think uh it's inspired a lot of cool shit and uh I think it I do think you're right though that you gotta you can't I would not have liked this at fifteen, I don't think. I would have no. been what the fuck is this bullshit? Uh you need you know, so you need to see some stuff before you can enjoy this really. But yeah, I think I think they should take the time to do it. No, I agree. Uh Tommy
2: yeah, I think it's they really captured a night where one specific guy, one specific vision, one specific band was perfect. And I think they got I know it was three shows, but it was like this album is a representation of, you know, not like 50 years of whatever. It was just like on this night, this was the best band in the world and they got it on tape. And that's why I think it should be even higher on the list.
4: Wow. I think that was a perfect answer because you're really capturing. Yeah, you're capturing a moment in time, a very special show. Uh, Yeah, even Adam said it. He has no emotion. great way to put it. You put it perfectly. Uh, I couldn't add. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't add anything else to that. It's like, listen, it's 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 something that listen, listen to all the people out there. If you just listen to the record, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Watch the concert video. It's directed by Jonathan Demi. I know we've talked about him, but he did Sounds of the Lambs. He did Philadelphia. This is a Academy Award winning best director taking a band that is unlike any other band in the history of music, one of the un- most unique bands ever and, and, and capturing them perfectly, perfectly. Like, I, I mean it, after watching this, I, it, it made it took my ranking of this record. Uh, I was going to give it uh, at first, uh, uh, I was going to give it three fleeces, but I, I think this is almost damn near perfect. So I'm going to give this four out of five fleeces. Um, yeah, man, boys, how many fleeces?
3: Oh, I'm a five fleecer. Yeah, I'm a five fleecer myself. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It's gonna. It's really got to blow me away the...
4: to give it a full five this fleece. Is, uh,
3: this this thing blows me away. And like I said, if you watch it, it has my favorite song in the world on it. So it's like. For me to not have to give it a perfect, that'd be crazy. No, I get
4: it. Uh this was this was a perfect episode. I mean this sincerely. I'm so glad that you you hit me up. I'm so glad that I traveled uh yeah. by train to get to your apartment in <laughs> Brooklyn all the way to, yeah. to Stuy, and, and 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 just it's great. You guys are great, your podcast is great. I had a blast doing this. Uh promote away, please. Anything you want to promote. I know you have yeah, some shit going on, Tom.
3: Uh so I'm doing a special. I don't know when this is coming out, but I'm coming out a special- Wednesday. Okay, so you'll have just missed my special taping, but uh, I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, on Epic's uh, Unprotected Sets, I'm doing an hour. So I've been running it. It's been really fun. Uh, We'll be at the Comedy Attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, um, November 5th and 6th, and we're going to do a live Stand By Your Band uh, on the Saturday show early. So you can can come to two shows. You can come see the stand-up show afterwards. It's going to be a totally different thing. And, uh, besides that, I go to my website, Tom I got a bunch of random road dates. I'll be in like Texas. And, uh, anyway, yeah. Twitter, Instagram, all I get. I post clips on my Instagram at Tom T H a K K a R.
2: And then uh, I have a stand-up album on Spotify, uh, Dark Lord, if that's Lord uh, your Spot. kind of thing. Yeah, you search my name, uh, Tommy McNamara, or the album's called Who's Tommy? A play on the famous album by The Who. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, you check that out. And then I'm on Twitter and uh, Instagram at uh, the... Tommy M C N A M Tommy McNam.
4: And and also, Tom, I've said this to you. You're one of my favorite comics to watch at oh, the Cellar Man. Run. I your 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 big dick tax joke is <laughs> so funny. <The laughs> That's Madden on cursed. my Twitter.
3: Yeah, check that out. No, um, check
4: him out. He and check out his tonight show set. He just did oh, the tonight yeah, show. And <laughs> yeah. and it's a great, it's a great set. Uh I I think, I think you, you both are great. Coming from you. I, thank you. You're, I, you're I had good, a blast. Man. Thank you very much. I had a blast talking to you guys. So thank you for coming on. Okay. Thanks so much, man. Oh, what I tell you? Tom Takar and Tommy McNamara. For Tom's Instagram, go to at Tom Takar. That's T-O-M-T-H-A-K-K-A-R. His Twitter is Tom A. Takar. And all social media for Tommy is at Tommy M.C. Nam. T-O-M-M-Y-M-C-N-A-M. And go to their websites. TomTakar.com and tommymcnamara.com and listen to their podcast, Stand By Your Band. And for listener shout-out, I want to give a shout-out to old Billy Baru at Buffalo Bill Nye. B-U-F-F-A-L-O-B-I-L-L-N-Y-E. He is a true Scoodle. He's a Scoodle Dan man. I love him to death. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. I hopefully... Uh, you sign up for that patreon and I will read your thoughts to the guest. Give him a follow, everybody. Give him a little follow, Schmallow. All right, for new music, we have picked Parquet courts, Parquet courts. They've been a huge hit in the indie scene for years in 2014. They had a song that blew up. And you're listening to Marathon of Anger off their brand new album, Sympathy for Life. And you can find all the links on our website, the500podcast.com. Send us your song, guys. I, somebody said that there was an issue trying to get us a song. So uh, keep trying or just DM me directly and I'll copy and paste it and send it to Pete and then he'll put it in uh, next week. It's Lou Reed week. We're going through Berlin. 1973's record. Do your homework. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two
3: hours a week.
0: So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe for Grand Podcast. Next Chapter Podcasts.